0: And thank you for listening to this week's sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois, Sunday, March 1st, 2020. The sermon is entitled, Our Victory is Won, and is based on Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copeland. May God's grace and mercy and peace be towards this day in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the gospel reading and really the other readings as well. We're pulling in those in, but primarily from Matthew chapter 4. Let us pray. O God, you are a mighty fortress, a refuge for us as we face the temptations of the evil one. Help us to remember that our victory is won for us in Jesus. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our Maker, and our Redeemer. Amen. In a periodical titled First Things, uh, Gilbert Melander, an, an ethicist, uh, uh, recalls a story told him by a German philosopher, uh, Joseph Pieper. In October 1943, uh, Joseph was temporary on leave uh, from the military service at home with his family in Münster, Germany. He decided that as he and his wife would take their three young children to the zoo on a lovely summer afternoon, uh, he had his camera for the occasion, taking some pictures of his kids just a just a few hundred yards from their house. But it was then that they heard the air raid sirens. Uh, they got down into a trench, and he recalled that suddenly that uh, he had noticed that the uh, garden door to the house was uh, left open had not been closed, and so he ran back a short distance to do that and he saw. These, German, uh, these American planes, over this German city. And in a matter of moments, the bombs dropped and the city was ablaze. He said he still had his camera in his hand, and so he went to the attic of his home and he took these pictures of the city in flames. And, and so it happened, he recalled, that on that single roll of film, all the contradictions of life were there, weren't they? Uh, uh, pictures of happy young children and their parents heading off for an afternoon of enjoyment on a lovely day and then pictures of the burning cathedral and town hall in the heart of the city war now i have never been a soldier i've never been trained to carry out missions or engage the enemy i have fired a variety of weapons over my life but never in war I'm sure that many of you know someone serving in our armed forces. I have a nephew serving, and I've got a a couple now getting ready to graduate and go in. Perhaps you, uh, for you, it's someone right now who is serving in a place of danger. They're struggling day in and day out uh, to serve our country and protect our freedoms. Now, while I am not a soldier, I am engaged in a battle daily. It is a battle of life and death. A few few days ago on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, we entered this new season of the church here called Lent. It's a season that reminds us that we are still at war, right? It reminds us that the devil battles against us each and every day. It reminds us that Satan's not going to be satisfied until he moves us away from God. It reminds us that the battle is difficult and the battle is long. But on this first Sunday in Lent, we need to consider something very important, something that we need to remember throughout this season of Lent and really throughout our lives. And we need to remember this, is that the war is over. In the words of the hymn we just sang, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. Even though we have the victory... There are those battles that continue, aren't there? Battles that we need to remember that that Jesus fights the same old battles for us. It might seem a little silly in our reading today that Satan tries to tempt Jesus. Uh, We listen to Matthew as he records this, and and in in the verses right before our reading today at the baptism of Jesus, there are words that we heard similar to last week at the mountain of transfiguration. A voice came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, why in the world would the devil go after someone whom God loves and someone who loves God perfectly? Well, isn't that exactly what we heard in our first reading from Genesis? Adam and Eve, perfect, right? Perfect situation, perfectly pleasing to God. And yet even there, Satan is at work. Satan isn't just interested in making bad people of the world worse. He isn't simply trying to make this world a more wicked and sinful place. He doesn't just want some people to be his own. He wants everyone. He wants everyone who lives in perfect harmony with God. He wants everyone who loves God. He wants everyone uh, with, with whom God is pleased. He wants you and he wants me. By faith, you're pleasing to God. Satan's going to do everything in his power to change that. That means the temptations that you face, the temptation that Jesus faced, really the same old temptations. Temptations meant to pull you away from God, the God who loves you. Not only does Satan attack with the same kind of people for the same reason, he uses the same tactics. Listen to what Satan does. Then Jesus was led out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Well, That sounds innocent enough, right? I mean, Jesus certainly did have the power to turn stones into bread so that what would be the harm in, in making use of that power? Well, in this season especially, we are reminded that Jesus had set aside Uh, power and glory he set aside his crowns and riches and honor to be humble now sitting as a human being who hadn't eaten for a very long time and now he was hungry but you see he trusted his heavenly father he trusted that God would provide whatever he needed and so along comes Satan he says come on you don't need to trust God you need food hey you got all the power that you need Just go ahead and do that. It'll be done. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. It's as if Satan said, you want to trust God? Okay, go ahead. Let me see how much you trust God. Jump. Give God a little test and see if he holds up to your trust. You know, it's interesting. First, Satan says, you don't need to trust God. And then he challenged, wants you to challenge that same, very, that same trust. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. You know what the devil cannot do by tricks. He does by flat out lying with with a a false premise, with empty promises. He offers the world and only has death and hell to give. Same old, same old, right? What we see here is exactly the same kind of temptations we heard about in the Garden of Eden, where, where Satan comes and says, are you sure that you can trust God? Did God really say that you cannot eat from that tree? Well, that may have been what God said, but what does that really mean? You know, my friends, I suspect you know exactly what that means. I know you know exactly what the these attacks are like because you fight them every day. Satan hasn't changed. <laughs> he comes after you with the same reason. He comes after you with the same lies that he's been using for centuries, millennia. He still asks, does God really say? He still convinces us that it's better to worry about tomorrow than to trust in God for our days today. He still leads us to compare ourselves to others rather than looking to God. I don't know about you, but I find it very embarrassing that I fall into the same old traps again and again and again. It's embarrassing and it's shameful. Again and again, Satan comes to you and me with those same old temptations, Temptations to sin in our thoughts uh, in, in our words or in our actions and it seems that really the only thing that changes over time is that maybe he doesn't have to work his hard anymore but the lenten season reminds you and me that the fight is fierce the warfare is long here in our text we see the victory is won it's won because jesus fought those same battles for us of course he didn't fight the same old battle because he had to. Look at, the, look at the temptation. Jesus would have never been hungry had he not humbled himself to be born as a human being. He could have jumped off the temple safely without the help of angels. All the kingdoms of the world, all of their splendor that the devil offered, Jesus created all of it. But because Jesus humbled himself, became one of us, He fought the same old battle. Because of the Father's love and the willingness of the Son, Jesus came into this world to live like you and me, coming to fight this battle over and over and over again. So Jesus knows. Jesus knows what it is like to face the devil head on each and every day. He's been there. He fights that same old battle for you and for me. Now the reason this gives us comfort today it is not just because Jesus was tempted and fought the same old battles that we face, but it brings us comfort because he won. The victory has been won. It's been won. Jesus' victory wins the war. I mean, have you ever watched a, a, a movie when uh, there's some kind of battle or fight scene where it seems like that main character is almost invincible? You know, bullets whizzing him by, fists are flying, but nothing hits him, and And on the other hand, every shot the hero takes, finds his target, that's what we're seeing here. Every word, uh, every time Satan tries to get Jesus, right by him. But every word Jesus uses, blocks the devil and puts him in his place. Jesus said, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then Jesus said, it is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then he says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He defeats every single temptation. Almost effortlessly, Jesus exposes every hidden trick, every deception and completely places his trust in the Father. Perfect trust, perfect love, perfect obedience. Yeah, Jesus fights the same old battles. But this battle turns out much differently because this battle doesn't turn out like yours and mine. (laughs) Where where ours ends in embarrassment and shame, this battle ends in peace, in triumph and in victory. And even though we did not fight it, even though we did not win, that victory is ours. It is ours. We heard about it in our second reading from Romans chapter 5. Paul writes, so consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation of all men, so also the act of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. Just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners, also through the obedience of the one man, many were made righteous. God looks at you and me, and sees Jesus' trust, not our doubt. God looks at you and me and sees Jesus' honor, not our shame. He sees Jesus' victory, not our defeat. And because he fought the same old battles and won, our victory is won. Now, that changes things a little bit, doesn't it? Because of Jesus' obedience, Uh, Being there in the wilderness, going into the hills of Galilee, into the streets of Jerusalem, and on the, the hill called Golgotha. Because of Jesus' obedience, you and I have been declared innocent, righteous, and perfect. Now, doesn't that change the way that we should look at each temptation that comes our way? Shouldn't it? Because it changes things. Because now, I don't need to rely on my own strength to fight it. I don't need to rely on my own wisdom and willpower to resist the schemes of the devil. Now I rely on the one who defeated Satan in the wilderness. I rely on the one who loved me so much he willingly fought that battle for me and won. I rely on Jesus. I rely on Jesus for my will, my strength, my guidance, and my weapon. Jesus made it very clear what the weapon was. Again and again and again, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus' powerful weapon is the mighty word of God. And what else should we expect, right? To fight against the temptations to not trust in God? Doesn't it make sense to use the word of God that reminds us all those things? It reminds us again and again that it is God who sustains us day by day, not by bread. It reminds us that God has never failed His people in the past and and there's no need to put them to the test. It reminds us that God has done such great and wonderful things for us that we have uh, no reason to worship and serve anyone else but Him alone. The Word of God is as powerful on your lips as it was on the lips of Jesus. It is Jesus' Word. And because it is Jesus' Word, as we read on the pages of the Bible... Because it is Jesus' word that we teach and share and study in our, in our day school and in our Sunday school. Because it is Jesus' word that we dig deeply to in our Bible classes. is Jesus' word that we hear and, and read and sing about in this place week after week. It's Jesus' word that is really the key to the miracles of baptism and the Lord's Supper. It's Jesus' word that is our powerful weapon, our only weapon against the evil one so pick up that weapon use it read it learn it and then then let it come let temptation come let let sorrow come let poverty and persecution come let illness come let let death come let all these things come after us let them attack us and in the midst of the battle we can confidently sing just like we did before the message The word they still shall let remain, nor any thanks have for it. He's by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And they take our life, good, famed child and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. The victory is ours. Let's live in that life. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.